Hello and welcome to JOSPT Insights, the podcast that aims to help you translate quality research to quality practice. I'm Claire Ardern, the Editor-in-Chief of the Journal of Orthopaedic and Sports Physical Therapy. It's great to have you listening today. As a JOSPT Insights listener, you probably don't need me to tell you about how good programs like the FIFA 11 Plus or the PEP program or the Get Set app are for reducing injury rates in team sports like soccer, football and handball when they're done well. But here's the thing. When you're working with athletes, coaches and parents, how easy is it to get them set up with a warm-up program that the athlete can follow and stick to a few times a week? Well, today's chat might just give you a tool to make life a bit easier for you and the athletes, coaches and parents that you work with. Drs Haley Root and Jeff Dreben are here to tell us all about the Remain in the Game Toolkit. Dr. Root is an assistant professor at Northern Arizona University in the Department of Physical Therapy and Athletic Training. Her research explores ways to improve how injury prevention programs are disseminated and implemented. Dr. Dreben is a certified athletic trainer and professor in the Department of Population and Quantitative Health Sciences at the University of Massachusetts, Chan Medical School. Okay, let's get into it. Dr. Haley Root, Dr. Jeff Dreben, welcome to JOSPT Insights. Thanks for having us. Yeah, hello. It's really great to have you both join me today on the podcast. Now, JOSPT Insights listeners know that we are really, really big supporters of the many fantastic injury prevention programs that are available for clinicians, for athletes, for coaches, for parents. These are mostly free programs, and we all know now from really decades of research that the programs, they work, which is fantastic. And it's always really good to have options when you're working in the clinic so that we as clinicians can help athletes, coaches, parents find something that's going to work for them. And probably the most important thing, find something that they can stick with. Now, you're both here to introduce us to a terrific program called Remain in the Game. Jeff, why don't you start by telling us what is Remain in the Game and why did you create it? The Remain in the Game Toolkit is a currently a web-based platform that helps individuals translate evidence-based injury prevention programs into practice. And it offers a lot of resources, including videos from coaches on why they use injury prevention programs. It also offers examples of exercises that you might want to include in an injury prevention program. And we're in the process now of translating it into a mobile application where users will be able to log in. They will be given a menu of exercises from strength and training, dynamic flexibility, plyometrics, agility exercises, and so forth, so that coaches will know that they're selecting something from each component that's important to an effective injury prevention program. The advantage there is the coach gets to tailor their own program to their needs and to their athletes, rather than saying, we're going to prescribe one thing to you and you're going to have to figure out how to work it into your practice. Uh, The app also includes videos where you'll hear athlete trainers like Haley talk about how to design an injury prevention program. There's videos from coaches on how they're using injury prevention programs and why. And there's also videos from former athletes about why they think it's important to be using injury prevention programs. 
What a fantastic package. And I think you've got all of the stuff. It's the tech, reaching people with the tech in the way that they like to interact with content. You've got the people telling the people that they're interacting with all of the time, the athletes, the coaches. It just sounds fantastic. Hayley, are we talking about a program that's a whole body injury prevention program or is this something that's very specific? I think the really great part about the Remain in the Game is it's very tailored to what the the people need. So it's it has some core components to it. Um, like Jeff was mentioning the different types of exercises that go into kind of a complete program or an ideal program, but what those exercises are and kind of how many in each category, um, it's really up to the users and kind of the types of athletes they work with. It's very user-friendly. That's fantastic. And I think, again, as we talked about the tech and having the the ambassadors, if you like, the user-friendly nature of it is one of those things that we'll, that researchers are telling us they hear time and time again from coaches and and clinicians will know this as well. You've got to have something that's actually going to fit into the into the the life of the athlete. And Hayley, continuing with you, what athlete population are we talking about here? Who who might use this? The the goal here was to sort of keep it very broad in in base. You know, the the great thing about injury prevention programs is there isn't one right answer. You know, there isn't one single program that's going to be kind of the the ticket to reducing all these injuries. There's a lot of really great programs out there that reduce injury risk and reduce injury rate and improve sport performance. But again, we know those core components of including agility and plyometrics and some balance and and core strength and things like that is really kind of what's going to be what works for for getting those great benefits. I've primarily worked with a lot of youth athletes, high school athletes, but this could be tailored up to a lot more competitive populations. So with this toolkit, the hope is that it's just really empowering people where if you need to make exercises more difficult, make them a little bit more difficult. If you need to make them a little easier, the program slightly shorter. Talking about youth athletes, even just an example of working with like youth soccer, not everybody has lights on the field. So for a while, I was running into a lot of like, we only have so much daylight and I can't spend this amount of time on the warmup when I'm so crunched for practice time on the back end. So if people need a shorter program or if they need it to accommodate a certain space, the hope is that this type of toolkit could kind of be used for, you know, girls, boys, different levels of experience and things like that. And it can kind of change and evolve as the athletes do and the needs do. The app was designed and the toolkit was designed with the teams in mind and coaches delivering it or strength coaches or athletic trainers. But the other thing that we've started to have conversations about too is you can imagine also an athletic trainer or a physical therapist setting up a injury prevention program for one of their patients in the app and sending it to them so that when they go back to play after they've been cleared, they kind of have their own warm up that they can do on their own if they want it having that capacity to tailor something to the person that you're working with and then have them go away and have a way of, of being able to follow up the program and, and learn more and, and troubleshoot is a really great way of setting something up. We're, we're all dying to know. Tell us about the program. What, what's the structure of the program? So when you go into the app, the first thing it asks you to do is to, if you want to create a new program, when you go into that, it then shows you first, for example, the strength, the balance exercises, and it has a selection of balance exercises where you can pick which one do you want to do. And if you try to skip that section, it'll actually prompt you and say, are you sure you want to skip a balance exercise? Because that's one of the important things to have in your program. After you've done that, it then will allow you to go to the next group, for example, strengthening, and it'll give you a menu of videos and it'll ask you which strengthening exercise would you want to do? And 
you can click on the videos also and see somebody performing the exercises and getting ideas on how do you actually explain this to one of your coaches because some or to one of your athletes because sometimes one of the barriers is the coaches don't feel comfortable teaching the athlete the video uh, the exercise so here's a video after you've selected exercises from your five categories the next option is complete how many reps sets or time do you want to devote to that exercise and then there's also a section where somebody could type in notes. So if there's an exercise they didn't see that they really want, they can type it in saying, I want us to do these 15 times. And that way it gives the coach a little extra flexibility in designing the program. You can then send it to somebody else. One of the other nice features that was designed into the app was you can download all of the content in advance, all the videos. So even if you don't have internet connection out on the field, you're still able to see the videos and see what you had in the app to begin with. There is a video library where you can watch educational videos on what are injury prevention programs, what's the evidence behind them, how do you implement one, and then you also have the testimonials from former athletes and coaches. And it sounds like, Jeff, this is more than simply examples of how to do the exercises. It's actually a whole program of structuring and building building the program and supporting someone to build a program. I think it's great in the sense that you, if you wanted to, you could design like the FIFA 11 plus program in there or the PEP program. It, it is possible. But if you want to just say, I don't want to restructure my entire warm-up, I want to adapt my warm-up. So you can pick the exercises you're already doing and you might recognize like, hey, I'm missing some plyometric stuff. I'll pick one of these exercises, plug it in. And in that way, they're not rewriting their warm-up. You know, it's not adding 10 minutes to their practice. It's replacing the old warm-up with something a little bit more evidence-based. It just sounds great. Now, Haley, you alluded to some of these barriers and challenges with implementing programs and getting getting the right environment and context to to get the programs done. How have you found remaining the game working? How do you how do you use it with the athletes and coaches that you're interacting with? So far with my experiences, it's it's been really nice. I think not having like a kind of that single program that you're trying to push people to change to, that makes it a lot more palatable for a lot of people. And the nice thing about kind of working on this app and these resources for a number of years now is that a lot of us have encountered these barriers that we're talking about. So it's helped us to sort of get ahead of the frustrations and help people with, let's ensure that we're teaching people how to teach the exercise and what feedback cues they should be giving. So if this is a very novice coach versus someone who's maybe more experienced and knows exactly what they want, you know, the the resources are available to kind of fit whatever needs they have for building their own program. So again, I work mostly with youth coaches and youth athletes in that space. A lot of times it's volunteer parents who are kind of helping out with the communities and they've given really great feedback. And I think it just gives them a little bit of confidence and especially being able to go back and kind of revisit some of those educational resources, whether it's watching the video again or seeing some of those testimonials. I think it just gives people a little bit more confidence outside of maybe a structured like educational warm-up where you might be teaching them how to implement a program. It just gives them some stuff to go back to. And Haley, I think one of the things we've been seeing a bit more recently is people trying to move the language away from what we're very used to as clinicians and practitioners. We're very used to talking about 
preventing injuries. And whereas athletes and coaches don't necessarily care so much about that type of language, they really care about performing and winning and those sorts of things. So how do you nuance your language and and what would your tips be for someone who's listening to us today getting started? I think it's an important point that the, the marketing of it is so important to how people are going to respond to trying out the resources and sticking with the program. Sometimes I just let the coach lead with how they're talking about things that are important to their team or what they've tried in the past. That gives a really good indication for if they're more injury prevention focused in mind, or if they're really going for sport performance, player durability, like they're trying to get to the playoffs each year and trying to help emphasize and highlight those benefits and shifting the language a little bit to more. Well, if your athletes aren't hurt, if they're not injured, they can play longer. You'll be more competitive for those postseason times. The language around the app is also a little bit broader too, to help accommodate for some of those things and the different perspectives that people might be bringing into this space. Jeff, as someone who has been around this this game for a while, if I can use the, the sporting metaphor there, you will have noticed that coach education is changing. And I think the newer generation of coaches are getting much more input in what we would typically or traditionally have called injury prevention programs. So what are you seeing is changing and and how is that influencing what you're measuring in research and how you're approaching studying these types of programs? Yeah, it's definitely changing. And I think within the United States, a great example of that is the Heads Up Concussion Education Program. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that coaches weren't really receiving any education when it came to concussions. And now it's almost an expectation that coaches are going to go through the heads up program. And a lot of times, you know, they don't even recognize that it's a CDC program. It's being put forward by youth soccer or by youth football, you know, it's coming from their associations. So I think there's definitely a raise in educational awareness um, that's influencing things. There's a dichotomy in some ways where the high school coaches are becoming probably more familiar with it. They have certain barriers, for example, the concerns about being able to implement it with different skill levels or being aware of how to design the program, which hopefully this app helps. But then there's also different barriers from the point of view of the recreational leagues, where it's the the parent volunteers. They were probably never taught about injury prevention programs. And so it's a brand new concept to them. And it's a matter of raising awareness among them. So it's almost like we need two different approaches when studying the two groups. And we do need to be careful about not forgetting those recreational leagues because a lot of times our studies are based out of the high schools or middle schools and occasionally the college setting. But a lot of our youth are active through the recreational leagues. And that's a big gap. That's usually parents that are leading those teams. And so we need to be able to tailor our educational needs to them. And they're often underrepresented in our studies, right? Because it's harder to have injury surveillance in those recreational leagues, because who's going to be there to report the exposures and the injuries? And I think that's something that more and more in the research community, we're starting to be aware of and thinking about is how do we monitor that large part of the population that's engaging in physical activity through the recreational leagues and still be able to capture data and have real world data on whether or not these programs are being effectively delivered in many cases by the parents. From the research perspective, I think there's opportunities, for example, with Remain in the Game, where we are on the back end able to see what people are using. So we can see the programs that are being put in. It's anonymized, so we don't know who it is, but we can see what programs are being designed. 
And we also have the flexibility to work with investigators to potentially use the app as a way of monitoring what is being done and what's the outcomes. So there is an opportunity now for us to leverage more mobile application technology like Remain in the Game to both help introduce an intervention, but also potentially monitor some of those recreational teams. And I really love this grassroots approach. And as you say, there are so many people participating at the recreational level and we want to help them live long, active lives. And and having these sorts of programs available is is part of that. So well done for for thinking thinking about that group. Hayley, how can people get a hold of Remain in the Game? Like Jeff was saying, that it's soon to be out for the app. So much of what we know about injury prevention a lot of times is in these large organizations or leagues that are close to universities where people are doing the research. So the hope is that with the app and with some of these resources, we can get to the communities. So I live in Arizona and we have Phoenix and then there's the rest of the state where it's a lot more broad, a lot more desert. So getting to some of the other health equity issues that are around injury prevention and making sure people have the resources. So right now it's remaininthegame.org is where some of the kind of more static resources live right now. It still walks people through with worksheets and videos and things like that. So that's where people can certainly find it right now, coming very soon with the mobile application where it'll be a little bit more interactive and in the palm of their hand at any time. Fantastic. I double-checked today. You are still, you're now able on the remaininthegame.org website to access the beta version of the apps in the Apple Store and the Android Play Store, whatever these equivalent stores, and you can access it there. And we encourage people to check out the beta version of the app. And if they have feedback, let us know. One of our main goals is to certainly build out the video library so that we have exercises for everybody. We're still in that process of looking for more feedback from people. So if listeners are interested in seeing what the app currently looks like, certainly go check it out at remaininthegame.org and Let us know if you see things that you think could be tweaked. That's great, Jeff and Haley. Thank you. And as someone who's watched the videos, I was very impressed by the production quality. This is a really high level production and something that you can feel really confident sending to your athletes and and coaches and parents and feeling like they're going to have something that they can follow along with. Jeff, let's hear a little bit more about the OA Action Alliance. What is it? What does it do? And then how can people get in in touch with OA Action Alliance? Sure. So the Osteoarthritis Action Alliance is a national coalition of concerned organizations that include both medical organizations as well as patient advocacy groups and research groups. Um, And it was mobilized by the Arthritis Foundation and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And it receives a lot of its funding currently from the CDC. It has over 150 member organizations right now, and those include the American Physical Therapy Association and the National Athletic Trainers Association. And I think if people went to look, they'd probably recognize a lot of the sports medicine organizations on the list. Their mission is to really improve lives by elevating osteoarthritis as a health priority and leading the dissemination of innovative evidence-based solutions, such as injury prevention programs through Remain in the Game. For the listeners, I think the three task groups that they may be most interested in are the injury prevention task group, which is essentially the remain in the game group. We also have a secondary prevention task group that focuses on trying to prevent osteoarthritis after ACL injuries currently, but we're probably at some point going to expand out. And then we also have a weight management group. 
And those three task groups have a lot of physical therapists, athletic trainers, sports medicine physicians, orthopedics already engaged in the group. And it's a very inclusive group. If people are interested in serving on those task groups, we would encourage it. And they can reach out to the Alliance through uh, remaininthegame.org or uh, standuptoa.org. That's great. And we will put some links in the show notes for folks to remain in the game and also to the Osteoarthritis Action Alliance resources so that it's it's very easy to find and connect. And I would add that the OA Action Alliance has a wonderful newsletter, an email newsletter that comes out that syndicates loads of new research, lots of webinars and, and just lots of resources. And I think it's really helpful to have that in one place rather than trying to feel like you're overwhelmed looking at different places. Now, we are chatting just as the FIFA Women's World Cup soccer is kicking off. I I can't say soccer, I have to say football, is kicking off in Australia and New Zealand. Hayley, I can't resist the temptation to ask you for your comments and predictions on the World Cup and who might make the final. Oh, gosh. I just get excited for the event in general. Like Teamwork makes me very emotional. I love the Olympics. I love it when FIFA is going on. I went to the University of North Carolina, so I'm always biased towards the women's team because we always have some Tar Heels on there. But also I'm Filipino and the Philippines has been making a better run at football in recent years. So I'm just excited to see everything that's going on. Me too. And I'm so glad you mentioned the Philippines. And it's a great opportunity to say that this is the first time with so many nations represented in the in the Women's World Cup. So we were talking about equity and sports equity earlier. And I think this is another good opportunity to see that sporting opportunities being opened up to others on the world stage. Jeff, your predictions? I'm going to stick with US soccer as well. I mean, stick with what's been working for a long time. And it's such an exciting team to continue to see progressing. I think plenty of our listeners will would love to see Megan Rapinoe go out on a high in as she as she retires. So I think certainly the US is very much up there and in, in with a chance. I want to say thank you to both of you for sharing this wonderful resource to remain in the game. Thank you to all of the work that you do, you put into developing resources for us as clinicians to share with athletes and coaches and parents. And thanks for all of the wonderful research and clinical work that you do. And thanks for joining me on JOSPT Insights today. Hayley Root and Jeff Dreben. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of JOSPT Insights. For more discussion of the issues in musculoskeletal rehabilitation that are relevant to your practice, subscribe to JOSPT Insights on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google, or your favorite podcast app. If you like JOSPT Insights, help others find us. Tell your friends and colleagues and rate and review us. To keep up to date with all the latest JOSPT content, be sure to follow us on Twitter, we're at JOSPT, and Facebook, we're JOSPT Official. Talk with you next time.